Love Talk Radio. I didn't watch and I didn't bother uh, watching even a rerun. 
because uh, because I just felt it was it was just you know I've heard enough of his farewell speeches. I mean, the guy's trying to cause a, a, a war before he leaves, for crying out loud, with Russia, you know? Mm-hmm. And all of his enemies, uh, 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 Israel and everybody, you know? Do you think that's fair? Oh, you don't know? Uh, I don't know. It's just a mess. Oh. You you have such a, an opinion on things in the morning, but in, on these shows you're not as opinionated. Well, I'm, you know, I'm really not sure. It appears to be that way, but, you know... I don't really care for the way Obama's behavior on his way out. He didn't do anything for the last four years. Oh, he did things, but he did things to upset everything, you know, rather than help everything. And he seemed to be a very weak president. He was. But, you know, again. And then the way, you know, some of the things he said in the last two weeks, I, I you know. But, but I, you know, to, to, to I didn't get elected, so I'm going to screw you over. My party yeah. didn't, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. way it appears, whether it's really that way or not. We tried to cheat. We cheated. We stole. We, you know, we lied to you, and 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 we're so upset that we didn't win. We should have won because we we did all the dirty tricks that could be done. And but what it was was the the American people just said, you know, <laughs> let's go we, to. We, we had enough of you guys. Anyway, oh by the way, new news tonight about uh, John McCain yeah. was the he was the traitor that uh, that um, the Hanoi Hilton guy. Yeah, he was the guy that uh, that uh, leaked the uh, the documents there, gave FBI the Trump smear dossier. Uh, uh, angry Americans want him removed. Arizona Senator John McCain cemented his rhino status when he admitted Tuesday that he handed the dossier that smeared Donald Trump to the FBI. Late last year, I received sensitive information that his... Uh, uh, that since be made public, has since been he, he wrote a statement on his website. Upon examination of the contents and unable to make a judgment about their accuracy, I delivered the information to the director of the FBI. He couldn't resist. Obama told one particularly blatant big fact lie, and oh, that's something else. Oh. This has been the extent of my contact with the FBI or any other government agency regarding this issue. A statement you, by Senator John McCain was on recent reports, and he says, late last year I received sentences. That's the same thing that he, he said. Read it, yeah. huh? uh, that's uh, all he said. But, uh, but he was the guy, you know. Now, these are the, this is what uh, Trump was so angry about and what they were so angry about yesterday uh, at the news conference. The accusations published by BuzzFeed are admittedly unverified and potentially unverifiable. President-elect Trump and his staff have vehemently denied the veracity of the reports. Uh, Watergate reporter Carl Bernstein told CNN that McCain was more intimately involved in the documents than he admitted. It came from a former British MI6 agent who was hired from a political opposition research firm in Washington who was doing work about Donald Trump for both Republican and Democratic candidates opposed to Trump, he said. They were looking at Trump's business ties. They saw some questionable things about Russians, about his businesses in Russia. They, in turn, hired this MI6 former investigator. He then came up with Additional information from his Russian sources. He was very concerned by the implication of it. 
He then took it to the FBI colleague that he had known in undercover work for years. He took it to this FBI man in Rome who turned it over to the Bureau in Washington in August. Oh, yeah, okay. And then a former British ambassador to Russia independently was made aware of these findings, and he took the information to John McCain. Senator, oh, such an honorable guy. Oh, Senator John McCain of Arizona in the period just after the election. I think John McCain, McCain paid, paid this guy to bring it to him. Mm-hmm. And then he realized it was such a bullshit thing. Okay, but we don't know that. Additional, um, come on, let's. Oh, right. At the oh. end. Oh, okay. At the end. Um, McCain was sufficiently disturbed by what he read to take it to the FBI Director James Comey himself personally, and they had a five-minute meeting. Very little was said. McCain turned it over to him and now waiting what the FBI response is to that information. But the funny thing was is that this morning, uh, today, they also had, was it today or yesterday? Yesterday, I think. Well, today or yesterday. Uh, I saw this, 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 this hearing that they did um, on Comey, Mm-hmm. against Comey, and uh, they asked Comey and Clapper were the two top uh, 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 law enforcement guys. And uh, one had to go, and, and, they, and they asked about the, about the validity of this thing, you know, mm-hmm. of this dossier, you know, the validity of the Russian reports and all, all that stuff. And, you know, they said that it, uh, they said it was funny. Uh, Comey, uh, the, the, the Clapper was an older guy. He, he was like, no, and he says, yeah, we got it, but we didn't do anything with it, you know. And then, and then Comey, and they asked Comey why he didn't do anything with it. He says, well, we did, but he says, I'm not, a, I'm, he says, we didn't, it took, it, we we received it late. He says, and I'm not at liberty to say anything about the investigation while it's ongoing. And the guy asked him, he says, well, do you, will, it, will the investigation be complete? Can you uh, tell me that it will be complete before the 20th? He says, no. He says, uh, he says, he says, I can't. He says, well, then that means you'd be responsible for maybe putting in a, a president that, that uh, you know, illegally, you know, that, uh, you know, and he says, no, no, that's not going to happen. So, uh, but, you know, they are so damn desperate. I mean, I've never mm-hmm. seen such desperation in my life by a Democratic Party, right, to, or any party, you know, to, uh, to. Uh, it's globalist. Oh yeah! Oh, they are so infiltrated by by the Soros gang, okay, and uh, the 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 so his new job world order. Whose job it is to destabilize us so our yeah. currency falls apart, right. so we can make billions of dollars That's and right. move on to another country. That's right. His job is to destabilize this country, and you know, have a report that uh, you know they're going after him if well, Trump if Trump uh, goes. That's if, McClinton's biggest supporter. Is Trump? Yeah, she. Yeah, Soros is. Soros gave over $100 million to her campaign, um, just this campaign. So what did he expect from her? Yeah, well, he expected, uh, you know, what he got, chaos, chaos. Uh, oh, yeah, the Vatican calls for a central world bank and global authority. Do we know that this is a true... Uh... Yeah, I think so. Newswire is pretty, they, they come up with real stuff. Have over the years. Um, that's why I, that's why I like to to read the newswire. But uh, uh, it says uh, Vatican calls for global world bank. Okay, the 
Vatican has called for the establishment of a global public authority and a central world bank to rule over financial institutions that have uh, become outdated and often ineffective in controlling the masses. A major document from the Vatican Justice and Peace Department condemns that it called the idolatry of the market as well as a um, as well as a neo liberal thinking uh, that is said uh, that, it's said. that it's said looked exclusively at technical solutions to economic problems. Hmm. The 18-page document towards reforming the international financial monetary system in the context of a global public authority was at times very specific, calling for an example for taxation measures on financial transactions. You know, globally, you know, globally. The, the, the guy, uh, anyway. The economic and financial crisis which the world is going through calls everyone, individuals and peoples, to examine and in depth the principles and cultural and moral values at the basis of social coexistence. Uh, it said. Okay. Uh, in fact, the crisis has revealed uh, behaviors like selfishness, collective greed, and hoarding of goods on a grand scale. And it says. It said, adding that the world's economics needed an ethic of solidarity among rich and poor nations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if no solutions are found to the various forms of injustice, the negative effects that will follow on a social, uh, political, and economic level will be destined to create a climate of growing hostility and even uh, violence uh, and ultimately undermine the very foundations of democratic institutions, even the ones considered most solid. I do anything to destroy this guy. You know, with a picture of his pregnant wife and his. Yeah. Uh, keep it up. It'll make people like Trump even more. Uh, I I'm going to tell you where to go to get this article because it's a, it's kind of long and involved, but it's yournewswire.com and check it out. Uh, they're pretty reputable. They've been around a long, long, long time, and uh, we've been using them since we uh, been reading this guy since we started. Hmm. Yeah, remember? Yeah, we used to get articles from yeah. them all the time. They're, they're pretty reputable. Who knows? Yeah, we don't know. Oh, this is so funny. This is so funny. This is a true story. The Czech government, it tells its citizens how to fight terrorists. It says, shoot them yourselves. <laughs> they, want them to arm, they want to arm their citizens and take care of their own terrorist problems. So a couple of months ago, Czech President Milos Zeman made a, an unusual request. He urged citizens to arm themselves against the possible super-Holocaust carried out by Muslim terrorists. Never mind that there are fewer than 4,000 Muslims in the country of 10 million people, uh, gun purchases spiked. And one shop owner in East Bohemia, a region in the northern center of Czech Republic, told a local paper that people were scared of a wave of Islamists. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Uh -huh. Like everywhere in the, in the world. And now the country's interior uh, ministry is pushing a constitutional change that would let citizens uh, use guns against terrorists. 
uh, proponents uh, say that this could li save lives if an attack occurred and police are delayed or unable to make their way to the scene. Sounds to me they're going to create some chaos. <laughs> that sounds to me. To become law, Parliament must approve the proposals and then vote in the coming months. But the Czech Republic already has had some of the most lenient gun policies in Europe. Okay. I thought that's where Jake was. Uh, no, that's not Czech. It's uh, Ukraine. Ukraine. Oh, sorry. Uh, now Crimea, I think, which is, I think you got. He's in the Russian part? I think you got absorbed. <laughs> it's home to about 800,000 uh, registered firearms. Wow. Uh -huh. 300,000 people with gun licenses. Uh, obtaining a weapon is relatively easy. Residents must be 21, pass a gun knowledge check, and have no criminal record. And by law, checks can use their weapons to protect their property or when in danger, although they need to prove they face a real threat. Oh, yeah, that's okay. It's like us. I mean, we still have, we have, you know. So uh, let, we, me, we get the, let me get this right. They own, they own a gun, and then they have to check to see if they can use it, or, or they have to prove that they have a threat before they buy one. No, the, no. Um, they use their weapons to protect their property when in danger, although they need to prove they faced a real threat. Well, yeah. yeah it's oh, like, okay. It's like us. So let's call up now and see if we can use it, and that'd be too late. <laughs> Sorry, uh, we no, have to send somebody, that. but that's the way. I know it's not that way, but that's the way it seems. But it means if the guy was, if the guy was breaking into your house mm -hmm. and you shot him through the head, you know, that, the guy was a real threat. You know what I mean? They'd have to determine afterwards. Yeah, well, you know, chances are if the guy's kind of breaking your house. And I was being funny, Wow. But this puts the country Not at odds. Not that it's humorous. No, yeah. no. This puts the country at odds with much of Europe, which has long supported much more stringent gun control measures. In the wake of 2015, 2015 terror attacks in Paris, France pushed the European Union to enact even tougher policies. And, yeah, France has the toughest uh, gun policies in the country, in the world. And uh, they've and had the most. They've had the most. I wonder why. And you, because uh, law-abiding citizens don't have guns, but terrorists do. Exactly, and the cops turn around. Mm -hmm. The European Commission uh, initial proposal called for a complete ban on the sale of weapons like uh, Kalashnikovs or AR-15s. What's that a Kalashnikov? That's a Russian rifle. Oh. Yeah, but, uh, it's like an AK-47. Oh. And uh, are uh, uh, intended primarily for military use. Ammunition magazines would be limited to 20 rounds or less. Uh huh. That was like the one that we saw. Uh huh. And the Czech Republic came out hard against the directive. Uh, officials warned, somewhat ominously, that the measure would limit the country's ability to build an inten internal security system and make it nearly impossible to train army reservists and a total ban on military-style rifles that can fire large numbers of rounds would make le illegal thousands of weapons already owned by the Czech citizens. See, the Czechs have had a problem anyway, Chechens. Uh, they're, they're uh, I think that this is the Czechs, yeah. No, I don't know if they, uh, no, I was thinking of the Chechens. Hmm. Uh, they got the Czechs, yeah, they've got the, a large terror group there, independence group against Russia. But anyway, it's kind of funny that uh, I thought that was kind of funny. Yes, well, you know the guy who won the Nobel Peace Prize a few years back? Yeah, that's uh, Mr. Obama. Well, he managed to drop 
26,170 bombs worldwide in 2016 alone. Imagine that? 2016. Yeah, and 26,000. Amazing. Yeah, bombs. Amazing guy. Heart of gold. Yeah. Well, anyway, I don't know. This looks like it's real news, but uh, I suggest that it is. But uh, it comes from... uh, Marshall Report, uh, WordPress.com, but it says that uh, Netanyahu plans to, from Israel there, plans to release 400,000 classified pedophile documents that ensnare Washington, D.C. <laughs> That's amazing. Isn't it? Ooh. Uh, yeah, one guy here thinks that it might be a fake, fake story, but I don't know. Uh, Mount Shasta could set world record for the largest snowfall, 18 feet in four days. What do you think of that? Mm. 18 feet. In wow. four days, uh, Mount Shasta in California. Hmm. That's weird weather out there. They've been droughting for for three years or something, and now they're a huge snowfall. Inevitably involves conflict, inevitably involves no, this, this was given. This, if yeah. it was. Anyway, this, this, 
know, some schmo from the uh, from the Sydney Peace Medal oh. Prize. But this, I, I just realized this thing, and this, this happens a lot, as you know, too. Oh, Julian Assange was given the Peace Prize. Yeah, but this happened in 2011. I, oh, I, okay. Somebody just sent it over to me today. But I didn't know we got a Peace Prize. 2011. Yeah, from, uh, yeah. So anyway, um, Trump to declare George Soros a national security threat. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe. This is a newswire again. But this uh, this has been around. This came around on the mainstream today. Uh, Donald Trump's plan to charge billionaire elitist uh, George, Soros, George Soros as a threat to national security in the United States when he takes office later this month. According to Kremlin Foreign Minister... Sir Sergey Lavrov, 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 was asked by the Trump transition team to uh, provide any and all files relating to Soros, citing legal authority uh, from the six, uh, from the March 6, 2014 executive order signed by President Obama, entitling blocking entitled blocking property of certain persons are contributing to this situation in the Ukraine, hmm. and uh, which is what Soros did. Okay, and then uh, it says, I, Barack Obama, President of the United States, find that the actions and policies of persons that undermine demo- uh, democratic processes and institutions in the Ukraine threaten its peace, security, stability, sovereignty, and territorial integrity, and contribute to the misappropriations of its assets, constitute an unusual and extraordinary threat to the national security and foreign policy of the United States, and I hereby declare a national emergency to deal with that threat. And uh, what does it mean, uh, .com reports, that in supporting documents uh, attached to this diplomatic request, this report continues that Donald Trump's transition team asserts that 25 days after the signing of his executive order by President Obama on the 31st of March, 2014, U.S. diplomatic cables show that Soros did indeed work to undermine the processes and institutions in the Ukraine, becoming, in fact, the de facto ruler of this nation, and who, in meeting with the U.S. ambassador, um, and a second, the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Jeffrey Pratt, laid the basis for war by his stating that the federalization plan being marketed by Putin to Merkel and Obama would result in Russia's gaining influence and de facto control over eastern regions in the Ukraine. The federalization plan similar to the States of America for Ukraine, uh, supported by President Putin and Chancellor Merkel and President Obama, this report explains would have created a peaceful transition of power in this nation. But due to Soros' illegal intervention, as I said last, to mass conflict and bloodshed, 
costing the lives of an estimated 9,600 men, women, and children. Very sad. Yeah. As to why President Obama himself didn't charge Soros as being a threat to the national security of the United States after he grossly violated his executive order, um, this report explains was due to Soros's flooding Obama and Hillary Clinton's uh, uh, Hillary Clinton. Um, the Democratic Party with a staggering hundred million in donations, and that turned this once respected political party known as the Party of Jefferson into what is today known uh, as the Soros Party, and that has in fact destroyed it. Beginning in 2004, this report continues, Soros began his takeover of the Democratic Party going to war against uh, American people and their democracy by declaring that it is the central focus of his life. Right. In a matter of li- uh, a matter of life and death, and vowing that he would become poor if he meant defeating the president of the United States, which was then was uh, George W. Bush. Right. But anyway, to make a long story short, Soros has been undermining this country for quite some time, and I think it's time that we stop him. You know what I mean? Uh, let's see. Hey, you want to read about uh, uh, Indian Point being closed down? I think that's a good thing. When is that going to happen? That's going to happen in uh, 2021. Oh. Well, it probably takes that long to dismantle the fund. Yeah. I mean, that they've been having problems there for, for years, a long, years, long years, time. Yeah. years. And it's polluting the Hudson, the radiation is sure going is. right into the river, killing the fish. And I'm sure the people, yeah. NTRG is to close the Indian Point nuclear plant and landmark agreement. Uh, Osigning, 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 New York. Osigning. Osigning, New York. New York State and NTRG have uh, reached an agreement for the shutdown of the two aging nuclear reactors at the Indian Point uh, Energy Center by 2021. These dates are very likely sooner than um, what could have been achieved uh, through litigation, which could have dragged on much longer with no guarantee of success. The agreements also cut 14 years off the closing date requested by Entergy, and River uh, Keeper was party to the uh, uh, um, agreement on behalf of his partners, which include Scenic Hudson, under this agreement. Now, we, we've, uh, we've worked with Scenic Hudson before and uh, uh, blocked some things. And uh, this thing here, Riverkeeper was the, uh, um, what was it? Riverkeeper was the uh, party, was, was the... Uh, was that watchdog agency? That singer guy there. Oh, Pete Seeger. Seeger. Pete Seeger. That was his uh, non-profit mm-hmm. there to... Uh, to try to, been trying to close that plant for years. Yeah, for years and, and trying to protect the, uh, the, the the Hudson River. But um, Riverkeeper retains the right to compel full compliance with the closure agreement. Riverkeeper and Scenic Cousin have the right to challenge and take enforcement action against any future violations an energy may commit at Indian Point. And uh, mm. the article goes, goes on quite a bit and talks about annual inspections and um, 
creation of a $50 million environmental and community fund. If there's ever a leak, uh, there is a leak, but if there's ever a, a problem there with a, with a shutdown, $15 million won't even cover their first day of expenses. So, anyway. But anyway, uh, you can check that one out at the Riverkeeper, uh, which is the uh, um, website. And uh, let's look at this here. Do 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 do. I'm so glad. Um, you may or may not have heard about the uh, big blow up there between Meryl Streep and, and uh, the Twitter. Uh, yeah, I just heard about it that once, you know, once and well, I think it was put a, it yeah, bad, kind of. Yeah, it kind of went to bed, but it, it didn't. They're still acting on it. But uh, Kellyanne uh, Conway, who um, is um, uh, Donald Trump's uh, senior advisor, camp, uh, um, yeah, one of them, uh, called called her out actually uh, in this video, and I think it was she rightfully did so because I don't know. I've met Meryl Street, and, and she seemed like a very nice lady, and uh, you know, um, but uh, now she has her opinions like anybody else does. The only difference between her and everybody else is that she has a national and an international form, format in the Golden Globes to mm -hmm. express something that really was, you know, already debunked yep, by, by you know, well, seemingly so. But uh, but you got to remember. She's a great actress, so she she had to get her point across, and she uh, she had to do it her way, you know. It says uh, Kellyanne says if Meryl Streep cared about the disabled, she'd talk about tortured Chicago teen. And anybody remembers that last week? There was a, 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 a retarded, um, mentally impaired kid who was being who was tortured. By five kids, or four four people and uh, teenagers there in, in uh, uh, Chicago last week, and uh, it was a big story. And the judge banned them from uh, bar, uh, uh, from bail. You know, they're in jail, and uh, even Obama spoke about them, but uh, called them despicable. But you know, <sighs> she's right. Conway said if if Streep really cared about the disabled that she was showing that she sympathized with, and she'd be talking about the tortured teen, you know. And uh, let, me, let me see what she says here, because there's a little a short video on her. And, uh, oh, come on. her platform last night, Ainsley, to give a shout out to the mentally challenged boy who last week was tortured live on Facebook. Okay. Meryl Streep has such a passion for the disabled because I didn't hear her way in and I didn't hear her even use her platform last night, Ainsley, to give a shout out to the mentally challenged boy who last week was tortured live on Facebook for half an hour by four young African-American adults who were screaming racial and anti-Trump expletives and forcing him to put his head in toilet water. So I'd like to hear from her today. 
uh, if she wants to come and continue her platform on behalf of the disabled. And Donald Trump is absolutely right. He has just he has debunked this so many times. If we're going, she sounds like 2014. The election is over. She lost. It's kind of like the way it is, guys. You know, kind of like the way it is. Tit for tat. Um, I don't know what to tell you. But anyway, we're on a roll to Morocco here. Uh, hang on. Let's see, we don't have any callers. It's okay. Um, anybody wants to call in and add to the show, please please feel free to do so. Uh, just give me a second or two to get back to you. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, union news tonight. Some really strange things happen. Uh, uh, let's see. This I thought was kind of odd, that Obamacare repeal um, promises a lot of job loss. Um, that's what job loss is. Uh, did you want to... Do you want to read this? Are you, are you okay? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'll, I'll listen to it. I can't listen. Okay. America may be split on their feelings about the Affordable Care Act and some mm-hmm. sightings uh, concern about the, uh, the law's expense. But a new dis- study finds that getting rid of Obamacare could lead to even higher costs, including the loss of 3 million jobs within four years. Holy cow. The Republicans are gearing up to repeal the law this month even though they don't have a replacement plan. Um, Senator Bill Cassidy. The average American visits about seven different websites before booking a hotel. Oh, Lord. I totally get that. You know, we want to make sure this. that we get a... You don't even know I hate this. How do I just sleep with that blocker? Yeah. Um, sorry, folks. Uh, most, uh, let's see, would focus on the best-known and unpopular parts of the law, such as the penalties and mandates for individual coverage. If the if the Affordable Care Act's tax credit and uh, Medicaid expansion are repealed without a replacement plan, the hospitals and health care providers would see their uncompensated medical care costs surge by uh, $1.1 trillion from 2019 to 2028, while the country would suffer much broader economic repercussions. According to the new report from Milken Institute uh, School of Public Health at the George Washington College of Jesus, they get three million names for one institute here. But repealing key parts of the ACA could trigger massive jobs losses and a slump in consumer and business spending that would affect all sectors, sectors of the state economies and lead author... Leon Chu, Director of Center for Health Policy Research and Professor of Health Policy and Management at the Milken Institute in this Jesus. These guys are so proud of their of their titles. Um, sound like some Lord, uh, some Italian uh, nobility there. But um, anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, President-elect Trump on Thursday tweeted that the GOP has plans to come up with something far better than the current health care law, although it's unclear what that might be. Mr. Trump hasn't proposed or endorsed any, an alternative plan to replace the current law. 
he tem- he teased about it today though, and he uh, um, you know he said that there was something coming up. It would be his first or his first executive orders would be to uh, um, uh, stop or change um, uh, 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 affordable care. But he uh, he did say that. He was working on something with the he called the pharmaceuticals, um, you know, companies uh, very greedy, and he said they're very it's terrible what they're doing, and they're getting away with. And he says uh, he's going to change that. He's going to be able. They're going to be. There's going to be a bargain. So that was uh, something that he promised today. Uh, that would you know. All of these things that he's talking about, if they go into effect, where you start to be able to bargain, because the Obamacare was so old, they owed their souls to the to the uh, pharmaceutical companies that they refused to be able to uh, uh, bargain with them. Okay, so that's why that's why Americans are paying the highest price in the world for their uh, pharmaceuticals. Nowhere else in the world do they do they pay that much money. Um, you know. It's just unbelievable. Um, below are the 10 states projected to suffer the largest job losses, which I was kind of surprised uh, for the, if once they uh, take away Obamacare. Now, I'm not exactly sure why. Um, so this forecast of the repeal's impact on, on individual states found that the biggest hits will be felt by California, which would lose... 334,000 jobs in Florida with job losses of 181,000. State treasurers, treasuries would also be at risk uh, because of the shrinking tax revenue, with a study projecting a loss of $48 billion in states and local tax revenue. So I, I don't really understand how this is generating all those taxes, but... Um, but um, if that's the case, then you know we're in for uh, we're in, you know repeal would, would really shock this country, and I just hope that uh, Trump Trump is calculating things right. Trump tells Congress to repeal and replace health law. Um, Savings from shift Ford bows to Trump's benefit robots. Ford's bow to Trump benefits robots, not workers. That's kind of interesting. Um, this is from Bloomberg News. It was sent over to me by uh, Larry Dorman uh, today. Uh, Ford's bow, Ford's bow to Trump benefits robots and not workers. Ford Motor Company's decision this week to scrap a $1.6 billion investment in Mexico, following criticism from Donald Trump, shows um, government intervention can be good for industry and it's good for employment. According to French presidential candidate Marine Le Pen, 
as far as the workers in this particular case are concerned, the numbers suggest otherwise. The U.S. automaker says abandoning its Mexico plan instead of spending $700 million to expand uh, its domestic operation in Michigan will create just 700 jobs. Even I can work out that $1 million per new employee hire. Uh, amid the ongoing debate about uh, whether robots are poised to steal everyone's jobs, that feels like a chilling low number of new hires for an investment of that scale. And while automation may be particularly suited to replacing human hands for bashing, bending, welding, and painting metal to make cars, the acceleration in the production of industrial robots in recent years suggests that it's not just workers in car factories who should fear the rise of robots. The rise of robots, worldwide annual supply of industrial robots in 1,000 units. Wow. So in 2016, there were over 260,000 robots. Yeah. So um, the International Federation of Robotics say that the auto industry is the most important customer for industrial robots buying almost 40% of total global output of the machines. In the first half of this decade, sales to car makers have increased by an average pace of 20% per year. Um, Ford says Trump's criticism of the auto industry, moving jobs abroad, wasn't the motivation for its uh, change of plans. Instead, uh, citing instead a drop in demand for the small cars they plan to build in Mexico. That may or may not be true, but the company uh, could hardly admit to changing course because of tweets uh, from the president-elect. But it does seem likely that those industry trends, including a wider acceptance of electric cars and car makers, push to develop self-driving vehicles, means Ford needs to expand where its, where its smartest engineers, best technology, and advanced automation are located, rather than seeking low-cost production lines. That's right. It, uh, it's been a century since uh, Henry Ford uh, introduced the moving assembly line that slashed the time uh, taken to build a single vehicle to 90 minutes from 12 hours. And uh, the, the Model T, however, had just 3,000 parts. Toyota reckons it currently takes about 18 hours to build a car featuring about 30,000 individual parts. Employing a human welder in a factory uh, in the U.S. costs about $25 per hour, including benefits, um, according to 2015 study by the Boston Consulting Group. That drops to just $8 per hour for a robot, including installation, uh, operating costs, and maintenance. By 2030, the operating cost per hour for a robot doing similar welding tasks could plunge to as little as $2 when improvements in the performance are factored in. The rise of automation has had tangible benef uh, financial benefits for the auto industry. And Ford's annual revenue per employee, for example, has climbed 27% in a decade, although it slipped a bit from 2011 peak. So, I don't know, folks, and there's more. Efficiency gains, you're better off with a robot, you know, all this kind of stuff. So it's, it's kind of Kind of freaky, kind of frightening, and all around, you know, 
not too good. Here, I thought it was interesting too. Is why Americans won't buy Chinese cars? <laughs> uh, uh, I was wondering that. I never thought about buying, buying a Chinese car. You know that? Uh, oh no, I haven't either. No, uh, it's just something you don't think about. Really. What would it take to convince American uh, uh, drivers to buy a Chinese branded car? Well, China automakers have tried and failed for, to answer that question for at least a decade. But now anyone... Low price? Yeah. But now anyone, another one wants to try. And this week on the Eva Destroyed Auto Show, uh, this is this year, this, this today, um, uh, Ganzu Automobile Group uh, Company announced that it will begin exporting cars and sport utility vehicles to the U.S. next year. Although GAC signature brand may be an invocative one for Americans, it's called the Trump Chi. The Trump Chi. That's, oh, the, name their, that's the name of their new car. The Trump Chi. The Trump Chi. Yeah. Oh, does it describe it? Yeah. Don't put on any big heads. <laughs> the Trump Chi. Now, let me take a look at this. Let's just see what it looks like. The Trump Chief. There it is. Oh, geez, it's a, it's a small SUV. Is that a picture? Yeah, I'm with. Yeah, there was one. Oh, not bad looking. The, the GAC, Trump Chief, started uh, making automobiles in 2000. Uh, as a subsidiary of Ganzu Automobile Group. Ganzu is a big city. Mm. Which also produces and markets the Shang Feng and Gao Now uh, brands in China. It is manufacturing joint ventures with Fiat, Honda, Mitsubishi, and Auto and Toyota. Mm. So all our jobs are going to go out of the country. Is that what you're saying? But we're going to we're going to be taxing these guys. Mm. I don't know. That's that's not a very big. Are those the prices? Uh, no, it's it. GAC all models two okay. So they okay. They went they started at seven thousand of them in the United States, I guess. Uh, oh all models. And they got seven thousand on here. Now they're up to thirty three thousand. No, in January. In January, February. In November thirty eight thousand. Yeah. So they don't have a full they don't have a tally. Didn't say how much they cost. No. Or whether they uh, operate. Or even if they are, are there reliability or anything. Because here they are. Uh, they, you get the Trump Chi. I love this. The, the Trump Chi. You think that has anything mm -hmm. to do with, with Trump? I don't know. They got a, a little SUV, a little Inside little economy cars. Oh, put your cursor on the SUV and let's see if it gives a price. I'm just yeah, curious. Okay. Or this one? Yeah. There's this one too. That's no, I don't like that one. one. Okay. There's an ugly front. Oh. No, guess it does. I thought maybe it would tell the price. Maybe some, some kind of something about it, but not too much about it. No, anyway. Hmm. Hey. Yeah, the Trump Chi. Trump Chi. So I remember that. I mean, they're okay. very kind of odd-looking cars. I did that. Yeah, the yeah. Trump Chi. Uh, 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 that's too funny. But anyway, 
Uh, let's see, what else did Larry send us here? That was one of Larry's. Uh, oh, he sent it over. I'm sorry he couldn't be on the show. Yeah, he, 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 he wasn't able to, I guess. Blumenthal presses sessions on his links to controversial. Oh, I love this. Do you want to hear this? Yeah. This is where, uh, you know, sessions beat him up on this because uh, I wonder, hopefully they'll. Maybe there's an audio piece. I don't know. It was very good, though, because uh, it turns out that the same group that Blumenthal was 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 uh, saying that Sessions got an award from, uh, Lieberman got an award from. He's his buddy. Yeah. The guy you replaced in the Senate. So then he said, well, he wasn't running for attorney general, but Sessions told him he was running for vice good. president. yeah, yeah. And Washington Senator uh, Richard Blumenthal provoked one of the liveliest exchanges in the day-long confirmation hearing of Jefferson Sessions, um, President-elect Donald Trump's choice for Attorney General, by pressing him on his links to controversial groups who have given him awards. At the hearing Tuesday, Blumenthal asked Sessions why he accepted the Franklin Society Award from oh, the, the Franklin Society. Yeah, Never heard of it. From the Federation of American Immigration Reform, whose founder John. John Tanton said he hoped the United States would keep a majority white population and has made other racially insensitive remarks. Um, let's see. Sessions said he did not agree with Tanton and did not, if he had anything to do with the award, uh, did not know he had anything to do. You know, they get awards all the time. I guess they get tons of awards. They yeah. don't even know where they come from. And Blumenthal also questioned Sessions' relationship with David Horowitz who has been praised by Sessions, and Horowitz is a major uh, conservative uh, Fox contributor, I guess. The uh, Obama senator also received the David Horowitz Freedom Award. Right? Uh, yeah. So much uh, for that. Blumenthal and Horowitz uh, has said, Blumenthal said Horowitz has said, all Muslims are connected to the radical Muslim Brotherhood. I did not know David Horowitz had made that statement, uh, Sessions replied. And Blumenthal also criticized Sessions for accepting an award from Frank Gaffney, Jr., of the Senior of Security, uh, Center for Security Policy, uh, whom the Southern Poverty Law Center has called one of America's most notorious Islamophobes. Mm. Well, Sessions retorted that former Connecticut State Joe Lieberman also received an award from the Gaffney, from, from uh Frank Gaffney. Uh, Blumenthal and Sessions did not list their awards when he filled out his questionnaire to the Senate Judiciary Committee, which had asked for this information. Well, Sessions, who was 70 years old, was the first of Trump's nominees to undergo a confirmation hearing. He faced tough questions from Judiciary Committee Democrats Tuesday about his record on civil rights and immigration, and the hearing was frequently interrupted by protesters. It went from, what, 9 o'clock in the morning to... Yeah, uh, 10 hours, actually. Ridiculous. 10 hours of, of, uh, of ridiculous, uh, ridiculous. And then it was on today, too. My sessions wasn't there, but they were blasting him uh, with uh, testimony from, uh, you know, people who didn't even know who he was. His, 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 they just wanted to air their uh, or uh, dirty laundry, that. yeah, basically. So, coalition of about 400 civil rights immigrants and human rights organizations, 1,400 law professors, and about 70 reproductive health groups opposed Sessions' nomination. Mm. Earlier in the day, Blumenthal said Sessions, if he put 
would appoint a special counsel if Trump or his family members were accused of breaking the law. In, any, in asking Sessions to recuse himself from these cases, Blumenthal said, I think that the Attorney General of the United States has a unique and special role. And he's not just another government lawyer, another cabinet secretary, he's a nation's lawyer. Sessions replied that a special prosecutor is a useful tool in the right circumstances. Blumenthal continued to press him on whether he would appoint an independent prosecutor if there is evidence Trump violated the emulence clause of the U.S. Constitution, which prohibits the president from having financial conflicts of interest involving foreign governments. He would have to examine that, he said. But what, what happened was is that what Blumenthal was talking about there is, uh, you know, uh, uh, an obscure uh, 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 clause, okay, for conflict of interest where mm -hmm. people get uh, remunerations from foreign countries and so on and so forth. It's, it's really, but there's a gray line there between uh, Trump's uh, investments, uh, you know, and and his. Uh, you well, know, they'd have to his, research that and find out if it was. Well, they did. They did. He did. And and he what he offered to do today was he offered to uh, he would not give up his. Who, the who right is to, he? Trump. Oh, he was not. No, yeah, I, no, no, but I'm, I'm explaining what he's saying since it all relates to Trump anyway, uh, and what he was accusing or what he was saying about Sessions. Would he prosecute Trump? You know. Uh, if he was, if he uh, broke the law, he broke good. the law. And of course, he said, "Yeah, bar." He said he would recuse himself from anything that was of a political, you know, yeah. uh, issue where he felt pressure. So, but anyway, I, I listened to the, I saw it, and uh, the write-up doesn't do justice to what actually took place there. Oh, you know okay. what I mean? Because um, all those questions were answered quite directly by. Uh, Sessions. By sessions. I thought satisfactory. Well, the, the part that I saw him question, he he didn't hesitate in any of his responses. Not in I any of them. He, no. he kind of knew already. Oh, he was well prepared for that. Uh, no, he and he reminded me of a you know he reminded me of like a bantamweight fighter. You know, he just was like you know relentless. They kept hitting him, but he kept hitting them. You know, and uh, before it was over, he. I think I feel the guy right. wasn't ruffled at all in the part. No, and, and Trump Trump Seems called to be him very even tempered. Trump today called him uh, said said he he was excellent. He said oh, that, I that thought anybody who could go that long and not lose their temper was but, the but he was good. Yeah, he was really really good. I, I would have been so I, frustrated I by somebody like that. And I'll leave you with uh with uh, something here tonight that I wanted to mention because I, I like I like her as a. Uh, I, as a character, uh, Ronda Rousey, you know, and uh, I think it was a positive message that uh, her, one of her enemies, okay, or I shouldn't say enemies, but one of her challenges, Opponent. yeah, uh, sent her, because Ronda, poor Ronda, she's been having a lot of troubles, you know, she's the uh, um, uh, ultimate boxing uh, champion who just got defeated after 48 seconds in the yeah, ring on Christmas, it was pretty sad. And the two this, this is the second defeat of her entire career. She's had like twelve victories, but you know, in a row. But uh, I, I felt sorry for her, and I wanted to mention this because I like Ronda Rousey, and I hope that she goes on to become successful. And I'm whatever, sure she whatever, can find uh, something Oh, she'll else. be she'll be fine. 
It says, after years of spewing venom at each other, Chris Cyborg, Justino, uh, who was her opponent, buried the hatchet with rival Ronda Rousey, sending her a message of uh, sympathy. Rousey recently broke her media silence by posting a rather vague J.K. Rollins uh, quote on Instagram. It said, and so rock bottom... Uh, and so rock bottom became the solid foundation upon which I rebuilt my life, Rusi posted, sitting the author, citing the author of the famed Harry Potter series. And uh, the what? What she she quoted uh, J.K. Rowling. Oh, okay. And J.K. Rowling's that was uh, a quote that she gave in her uh, uh, Harvard commencement speech, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which was really really a fascinating speech. But anyway. Uh, just want to just want to, just want to say we wish Rhonda the best. You know, hope she moves on. She's doing well. Okay with. Um, she's an attractive girl, tough girl. Uh, just hope she uh, can move on from there. So anyway, we want to thank everybody for joining us. We can't us. stay 25 forever. Oh, however, she will. <laughs> she will she's in her 20s now, yeah. mm-hmm. but she's she's quite a competitor. She'll, well, she'll come out of it all right. I don't. I hope she doesn't make the mistake of thinking she can recapture her crown. Huh? Yeah. I don't think Some, so. Sometimes I, I think, people. I don't think she's right. She she came back. She couldn't last. She gave it a try and, and she that was it. Yeah, she didn't have it anymore. She, well, well, she's older. Yeah. Not only is she older, but that 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 girl she was up against was fierce and she had a hell of a punch and knocked mm-hmm. her out. You know, very, very knocked her flat, but did knock her out. But mm-hmm. she technically did. And they called the fight. So, but that anyway. was in the first like forty-eight. Forty-eight seconds, seconds. It, was, it was bad. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like well, Sonny time to retire. Uh, Sonny Liston Muhammad Ali fight there lasted oh. about a minute. Uh, All right. But anyway, we want to thank everybody who joined us, and thank you so much. And tell your friends, share this uh, episode, and good night, everybody. Good night, folks. Have a good week.